This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. And today I'm lucky to have fellow KW agent, actually works in the same market center as me, Diller Schwartz. She is one of the top realtors in our market center. She's really into investing and she helps run the KW Wealth Group in our market center. Also runs the Diller Group, which is an extremely successful group in our market center here too. Hey, Diller, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Like I think before we got started here, we were talking like we've seen each other for years, walking through the hallways. I think we did one deal. I was looking at my emails with you a couple of days ago, and we did a condo deal a couple of years back, actually. Yes. But we haven't gotten the opportunity to talk as much as I would like. So it's fun to have you on here today. Perfect. Can you tell our listeners really who you are and how you're involved with real estate in the Austin area? Yeah. So um, my name is Diller, like you said, and I have been active in the Austin real estate market at a higher level, I'd say really in the past like four years. Um, prior to that, I was more of an admin on a team. Um, I was buying and assisting and flipping homes um, and just really doing like seller seller walkthroughs and stuff like that with the team lead. And then I just really started to understand what real estate could do for my life at a higher level if I really just tucked my head down, you know, and and figured it out. Luckily, Keller Williams has so many models, as, or, or I guess not really so many models. They have one model that you plug into and you sort of add your flavor, your style to it. And um, once I like tucked my head down, I would say really in 2017, 2018, the path became really clear that this is what I was going to do. Um. And I also had this big moment of like, you've got to start taking risk. Hmm. And so I would say that was like 2017, 2018. That's awesome. So you were an admin on a team before that, actually? I was, you know, it's kind of funny in 2017, 2018, I was like, I think something that like $60,000 salary, like mm -hmm. scanning documents for people. And, but it was all in real estate and, you know, I think that was part of the risk is people who want to get in real estate need to be ready for a commission-based job. Um, and I was having fun, you know? And so when you're having fun and you're making what at the time felt like great money, it was the risk part of that, that I was like, I want to be like the agents on the team. And then when I dove into what the difference was, it was, they were willing to make the risk. They were willing to go commission-based and take bigger steps than I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for everybody listening too, Diller does have her her son with her. So if you hear some background noise, that's just oh yeah, him, him doing what he does. <laughs> yeah, life by design, right? Get to work yeah. at home with him. Yeah, that's awesome. So you were on a team, and you realized, hey, I might want more than the team is able to give me with the salary. But then if I mm -hmm. if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need to take it all into my hands and take all the risk. And that's really what being an agent is. 
Right. And it was interesting because I was in the support role of giving, you know, coaching mentorship, um, the sharpening the tools, as I would say, for the agents who were doing that. Um, but I think it just became sort of this routine, you know, I like I like I had a really great life. I wasn't missing a lot of things. Um, and then when you surround yourself with people who are thinking bigger and who pull that out of you, the light at the end of the tunnel looks different. Mm hmm. Cool. So you, you said, I'm going to go from an admin to a sales agent, which is purely commission. Where does real estate investing come into your life? Um, you know, I realized that I didn't want all my eggs in one basket per se. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, to be honest, there's a side of real estate, like I guess being a realtor, that's not sexy. HDT doesn't, HDTV fails to show you some of the day-to-day -day lifestyle or day-to-day -day activities of the, the quote unquote, like the, a realtor. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, actually it started in, in other areas. I got involved of what did being a realtor really mean? There's a lot of stuff with being active with law and Texas legislature and national stuff um, advocacy for homeowners. And so I, I sort of started dipping into that bucket. And then um, Patrick Birdsong was flipping a house and was like, Hey, stop doing this for everyone else, come do it with me. And so that was my first partnership. Okay. Um, I made $4,000. I had an incredible mentor. Um, and that was part of the, the risk, the reward, and then learning hard money and partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, okay, so this is basket number three. I've got just typical buying and selling houses with clients, um, dipping into some advocacy and some coaching for real estate. And then now I'm going to add flipping. Um, and so through that process, I started learning and then I started teaching in class of like, you need multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. And so flipping became at the time, that third stream of income. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you started flipping houses first. Um, mm -hmm. do you still do any flipping yourself? Yes. I actually just closed. Uh, I literally on a Saturday, I closed. Um, so this past Saturday, I closed on a home in North Austin. Um, and to be on to be honest and transparent, that was a deal that sort of went sideways, which um, it probably is going to work out for the best. But I was a partner with someone. I was a silent partner um, and they could not carry out the deal. So I was actually able to refinance through a construction loan and I, I um, absorbed the property and then in 2020, what are we in 2023? So in 2022, I think I did five flips between my wife and I, and then my business partner and I, um, and then my wife and I did like a burr ish. We bought a property that had seven units that needed to be flipped, but we're holding them. So. Oh, cool. So like, uh, was it a seven unit apartment complex that needed fixed up or what, what kind of <laughs> um, this podcast may not be long enough for me to explain it, but, um, <laughs> so it was seven acres mm -hmm. and it has three wow. cabins. It has a main house. That was a four bed, three bath, mm -hmm. a guest house. That's a two bed, one bath and RV hookups. So we are now doing, um, we're basically rounding the corner. We've got some plumbing work, I guess tomorrow. And then we're kind of finished we have a little bit of furniture to deliver but um our dream is to make it an event space for people who want to go out and have more of 
just a relaxed style to bring their team, to bring their family, um, yoga retreats, health retreats, speaking events. Um, and then when it's not being used for an event, we're doing Airbnb nightly rentals. Oh, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, is that outside Austin somewhere? It is in the heart. Well, I say the heart because I feel like it would like right in Wimberley, right next to a brewery. Um, so yeah, I mean, outside of Austin, but it's in Wimberley, which destination spot for us. Yeah, no, that's a cool, really cool small town. For anybody that hasn't been to Wimberley, it's really just south of Austin, and it feels like you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but it's lots oh. of cool stuff. Sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. So you got into real estate investing just saying, hey, I need some other income, which I think is a really smart observation, especially as an agent. Like you mentioned earlier, we're all commissioned. We don't get paid until the sale is done. So right. you need some sort of steady income there if you're going to have a good life as an agent, unless you're just working 24-7 and always getting deals done. And it's what you want to do, of course. But you know, it makes it a lot easier when you've got that steady eddy income coming in from, let's say, short-term rentals or flips or any sort of other stream of income. You know, I know they say what most millionaires have seven streams of income or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you also have more, like, sometimes I think we look at, well, how much money are you going to make on this specific deal? Mm -hmm. And to me, that's thinking small because at the end of the day, in this stream and in all the streams mixed together, I simply have more control than anyone else does mm -hmm. than the person who's not doing this. Right. So I might not make the biggest return tomorrow on this flip, but where the money that I have invested in the project, I have control over where it is. I have control over what it's doing. And it's the best decision for that bucket of money, if you will, at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make on analyzing deals and looking at deals or getting into flipping is, well, I'm not going to make buckets of money. And it's like, you might not, but is that the best place for your money? Think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, as a commissioned salesperson too, you know, what are you going to do to grow your wealth and to grow passive income at the same time? And does that help achieve those goals? If it does, that's awesome. Right. Cool. Um, so I know you you have a group in KW, and I've watched you grow that a little bit. And you also help run with what's called a KW Wealth Club in Austin in our market center. Um, what is the goal of what you're doing in our market center with, with helping agents learn about investing? Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. So the the goal of our wealth community slash chats is it's it's sort of um, a smaller spinoff of what Keller Williams is offering on a larger level. But I truly believe your goals and your accomplishments are um, going to be supported by those that you surround yourself with. And so what we've done was myself and Greg Tran, who's another incredible investor in Austin. Um, 
we were taking some classes. And so we said, well, why don't we bring this back and pull the people that we know would like to know more, or maybe we could learn something from them um, and, and just start having weekly meetings and or, I'm sorry, monthly meetings. And then through that, maybe start learning, you know, who we can partner with, um, who are strategic partners or um even someone who just knows more than we know about where do we invest, right? And then also just creating other opportunities, um, structuring deals together. I think I just said that. And then um, really just the amount of information that we're sharing. Like I know like next month, all we're going to do is analyze a bunch of deals and and it's kind of nerdy, but like I would love to see how other people learn deals or, or mm-hmm. analyze deals or, hey, how come that worked for me and not for you? Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe they're doing something wrong. Or like I just said, it's simply like this deal works for me because of the amount of money and the way that my portfolio works. Um, and we want to share that at the end of the day, right? Like we have, we had this incredible dude, he's um, 18, he just graduated high school in the front row, has his real estate license. And that kid asked like the, the, the best questions out there and he wants to be a developer. So also bringing people into our lives like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and giving them, I mean, at 18, I didn't have the opportunity to have this. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't start investing so, until I was 27. So almost 10 years later than him. Yeah, and I'm like 10 years later than like 20 later years later than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I really got into this at like 35. Um, and I'd owned houses before, but I think there's a different, there's a difference, which I really hope people understand that owning one or two properties, maybe you're cash flowing. There's a difference in that and then actually understanding what is your money doing. Mm-hmm. And I really like what you, you just said a couple, just in that was, what does this investment do for you? So what, what might be a great investment for you might not be a great investment for me at this certain time in my life. And I've just gotten hyper-focused on that recently for myself of like, hey, what are my goals right now? You know, if my goals are that I want as much passive income as I can, I'm looking at different deals than if my goals are to build my wealth as much as I can, or if my goals are just to get started. I know when I got started real estate investing, like my one of my first goals was to get a certain amount of debt. It was like, hey, because I have a certain amount of debt, that means that I have a certain number of properties or that much, that much property debt, real estate debt. And if I have that much real estate debt over a certain amount of time, that's going to pay itself off and I'm going to be in a certain spot. But right now, I'm not looking at things that way at all anymore. For me right now, it's how do I get as much passive income as I can um, so I can be in a great position to be financially free. But you know, five years ago, that was one of my goals. So I think it is so important. Everybody says, what's the best investment? And it's like, there isn't. It's there, there's no best you. investment. Yeah, it's what works best for you at this certain time in your life. Like for me in five years, it's going to be different than what it is today. And it's so cool to talk to other people and hear different perspectives. And that's what absolutely always helps me figure out what's best for me. If I talk to five different people, and I hear about what they're doing, I'm like, well, what he's doing has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do. And what she's doing, that aligns up really quickly. And she's doing exactly what I want to do and getting there faster than I am. So maybe I should do that. Yeah, I started the same way. I said, all right, how um, I gave myself like 
eight or nine months. I can't exactly remember. Well, at first it was funny. My, my first, um, like somewhere along the lines I wrote, like, I think it was 2017, you know, I wanted to own five investment properties within the next five years. And I had zero framework around it. It just was like, Oh, five properties. And that sounded like a lot, which was also interesting because I was already on my third house, just like my primary residence. Mm. And I didn't kind of like think about, well, how did I already buy three sort of, and what would have happened if I would have saved those houses, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then I got uh, my, t- my first two rent houses. And then um, once I don't like, once I got like clarity, I hit the five and then I was like, well, that was easy. And it it was like two and a half years later. And then I was like, well, what do I want to do with this? And so one of my mentors, um, he was like, well, what's your passive income? And I was like, I don't actually know, but I've got five houses or I've got three houses, whatever it was at the time. And and so then I started focusing on passive income and what that could do to me for me. Surpassed that goal within about two years because all I really needed to do was like move some puzzle pieces around. Mm -hmm. But then this property in Wimberley came up, which was interesting because it ruined my financial cash flow and like I kind of like mindset wise I was really thrown off because I had met this group of women and collectively last year in July I'm sorry in 2021 in July we all sat around a table and I think there were 12 of us and collectively we owned 47 homes and then I actually didn't own, I was like number four on the list and that pissed me off. And then they said, well, whose net worth is X amount? And I didn't get to stand up and they were like, how are you not standing? And I was like, why? I don't know what my net worth is. You know, like I'm assuming I'm okay. I'm 38 years old, whatever. And I've got five or six homes and blah, blah, blah. So that motivated me. So then I started tracking my net worth. Well, here comes the Wimberley property. It was um, a little over a million dollars. And I was like, I don't see myself owning a million dollar property that needs every single square inch of it fixed. Mm-hmm. However, that one purchased threw me into my net worth goals. Nice. It killed my cash flow goals, but because of the cash flow, I was able to buy this. And then now basically, you know, my net worth and everything else fell into an alignment. But it was interesting because when I went back and I was like, how come that deal, the most expensive deal I purchased and the hardest deal I purchased was the easiest one for me was because I knew my risk factor. I knew my numbers. I knew I had a very clear vision of my goal. And I knew the framework around any deal I wanted to buy that was particular to me. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it for another investor. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, this doesn't work for him, but you know what? It damn sure works for me because I was so clear on, at this point, I wasn't really looking for anything else that cash flowed because I was about to start having to figure out some new tax strategies. This actually, I was able to uh, sell a property, 1031, buy this one, and then I'm doing seller financing with it. Oh, wow. So super creative strategy there. And it sounds like you said, and I can relate to this, I'm going to take a step back on a certain goal, which in this case might have been the passive income goal, but I'm going to take a huge step forward on the net worth goal. And I think sometimes you have to do that. You can't always get everything. I I know you talk to a lot of newer investors and you say, hey, what do you want? They say, I want it all. I want cash flow. I want appreciation. I want no risk. And you're like, yeah, it's hard to do. But you can actually yeah. get one. Well, and on that too, I think I talked to a lot of investors, um, especially like they find you online and stuff. And what they don't realize is 
Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community, and now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. I think having a spreadsheet of some framework around the deal is really great. However, if you're calling me from, let's just say New York mm-hmm. and you're calling me to invest in Austin, we're going to have to adjust your, your numbers because we have different property taxes. Our HOAs are vastly different from New York. You know, we don't have these big building managers and stuff like that. Our tenant rights are very different. Um, and, and that's one of the things like I want to, relate a lot of the people that I work with. First of all, have your basic framework of what you want your money to do. Are you looking for cash flow? Are you looking to grow your net worth? Um, Are you looking for a tax strategy? But second, partner with someone locally who really understands a little bit more than how to open a front door for you and set you up on the MLS search. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's really important to sit down and actually become like a real estate planner versus just a real estate agent, because those things, um, every time you cross, sometimes even counties, you know, you go from here, Austin to San Marcos, and you've got what, like 2.5% tax in some areas and 1.2, like, or 1.7, whatever it is. I mean, that alone can make or break a deal for someone. Um, and then you have the demographic and what are the properties used for, which I think a lot of people don't understand that's, that's different in all of these areas. Um, and so to learn from that too, I mean, I bought houses out of state. How how am I going to learn how to do this? You got to go do it yourself. So I do own two properties in Arkansas. Oh, cool. And I like what you said there too, that the, the, essentially the, the use of the successful strategy changes per area. Like running a short-term rental in anywhere in Austin is, is fairly difficult. But, you know, you might be able to run a great rent by the room house, whereas running a short term rental out in the hill country might be the best use of the property. And it's it's not as simple as, hey, this is what I want to do. Here's where I'm going to do it. It's sort of you got to figure out what are your goals? Where where do you think you can achieve those goals? And what's the best way to achieve those goals in that area? Right. That that really is how you figure out what you're going to do. And always have a backup plan. You know, for each of our properties, I think we could go maybe three or four other options. So like mm-hmm. in Arkansas, they're best suited right now for eight people rentals, nightly situations. Mm-hmm. However, during race season, I could probably reorganize and say, all right, you know, I could rent to the, these guys that come in town for the races for three or six months. Um, or I could actually section the houses off and have multifamily, or I could then just put long-term renters in there. And at the end of the day, all of these strategies would work. Some of them I'm going to cash flow a little bit more. However, at the end of the day, I have more than one option with this property. Or if the county changes the rules for short-term rentals in Arkansas, the rules are vastly different than here in Texas. Um, and they're, they're very quick to change because the city's a lot smaller. So you have one or two people who go down there and get the mic at city hall, your whole investment plan can change. We're like in Austin, you know, we've got a local government that it's really hard to get anything changed. (laughs) Yeah. So I've got an investment. I've got two properties in Arkansas that literally 
I mean, it could take one city hall meeting to really get something going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so understanding that, right, and having a backup plan in Wimberley, yes, we're we're sort of shorting, shooting for event space in Airbnb. However, I could actually rent all of the cabins out of small apartments. I could rent the main house out, or I could keep it as my second home, and then I could rent the guest house out, and then we have the RV spots. So we have we could have long-term renters out there as well. Um, and then my property is here in Austin just because of the the local governing body that does not love short-term rental. You know, I just did all long, long-term rental, and what helps there is – Anytime somebody's asking me for my finances, I've got five solid streams of income from or four from these long-term holds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once you get to a certain level, you know, my next plan right now, the biggest thing I'm working on with money is what are my next tax strategies? Like mm. at this point, I'm kind of like, I don't care about my net in- my net worth. I don't care about my um Passive income, sort of, you know, like it's kind of on the back burner. It's what are my tax strategies for my money? Because those have changed. I would say in the past nine months, financially or on paper, however you want to say it, like I've changed. Mm-hmm. I have, I, you know, I mean, a big thing too is I have a kid now. Like, like yeah. all of these things are going to change. And so um, within the framework, I think some people start rolling, 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 rolling. And then it's like, whoa, where, what is your structure? What do you have LLCs? Do you have an S Corps? Like, how are you protected? And are you going back and looking at your tax strategies? Yeah. And if you've got kids, do you have a trust? And, you know, I think I really like the the tax strategies for us as realtors and anybody that is considered a real estate professional, they're just enormous. Like you can use so many tools. Depreciation can wipe out almost all of your taxable income when you've got rental properties. So there's just a great way to use rental properties to make tax season a fun time for us real estate investors. Right. Yeah. And yeah. knowing who all, who, who can understand your portfolio from like a 30,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of financial advisors aren't actually that um, experienced with what we're doing. They're like, wait, mm-hmm. what you're flipping, you're holding, you're doing some short-term thing. You've got an LLC over here. So, um, you know, I, I think, there's a part in your business and when you're looking at your money that your key players and your key vendors really become a part of your team. And as an investor, you're not doing this alone. You yeah. need to have a great CPA, a great tax guy. Um, I know, I think financial advisors, some agents say yes, some say no, I'm going to say, yeah, pull one in. Um, I'm going to stay in my lane. What I know is houses and I'm going to have a team that knows everything else. Absolutely. A great team is is so important. So, Diller, it sounds like you've done just a whole lot of different things. Um, I like to to give our audience something actionable that they can they can say, "Hey, I'm going to avoid doing this," or "Here's here's how I can do better." Is there a biggest mistake that you've made in real estate investing you want to share with everybody? Um, I think the biggest mistake, I mean, other than I wish I would have started a little bit earlier is overanalyzing, um, you know, move a little bit, like move a little bit quicker. You don't have to do this alone sort of situation. Cause I, I wish I would have moved quicker. I wish I would have analyzed a little bit faster on some deals that I really just got into like, what is it? Analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and realize too, that like, not everything has to be this like hundred thousand dollar 
deal. You know, I don't have to make so much money off of every single thing because along the way I'm building a foundation. I'm also learning things. And that's what I would say, like start a little bit quicker, analyze a little bit faster. And um, if you're not, not, you know, if you're not a realtor, like trust, trust your real estate agent too. I mean, I had to trust my real estate agent in another state. I used a realtor. I, um, I called, I interviewed, well, two, five of them, four of them didn't answer the phone. So, um, you know, I went through an entire interview process. I mean, I paid the commission and all of that stuff. I didn't let my ego of being a realtor get in the way. So I think that's what I would say, like analyze. I wish I would have started earlier. I think I was under the understanding, like I just needed so much money. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to save a hundred dollars on a, on a mortgage payment when I was like, wait, that was only $1,200 that whole year, but I could have made something else. Um, yeah. I wish that I would have had different thoughts around that. Yeah. That's so important. And I think it's so easy to get stuck in analysis paralysis because you really just don't want to do anything wrong. You want to make a mistake. And when you've got a good realtor on your side too, they're watching your back. They're making sure that you don't make any mistakes and they're putting the right contingencies in the contract. So you've got a little bit more time to figure it out and make sure that it is the right investment for you. Right. Yeah. And then of yeah, course- Yeah, because that whole analysis thing just wastes time. Yeah. I mean, when the market was incredible, like, let's just say uh, February 2022, I wish I would have pulled the trigger on a few more deals, even though it it was perceived that I was paying like way over market value at the time. But there were a few deals when I go back that I was just like, I I just was in over like, like over analyzing it. And I should have pulled the deal. I should have picked up those deals. I'm sorry, I should have pulled the trigger and I should have picked up those deals. Um, but you know, you can't go back, but that analysis paralysis is wasting your time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's always going to look back and see the deals they missed, but I, I love your advice of just get started as early as you can. You know, there's, there's never a wrong time or a right time, but whatever you've got is the best time. Right. Awesome. Um, so if you had to start over today, knowing everything, you know, now, is there anything you do differently as far as like, as far as portfolio formation or what you started with or anything along those lines? Um, if I had to start over differently, I think I would want to change my perception of money earlier. Cause I, you know, I started thinking money was something you had, or you didn't have. And if you had it, you were like, I guess, rich instead of money's just a thing. It's an energy. And what are you going to do with it? Whether you have $5 or a hundred dollars, right? I mean, if we have $5, each of us right now, we would probably both do something different with it. Mm -hmm. And that's all that it is. And I, I wish I would have listened a little bit more to the financial advisors and like the the old dudes in my life that are really smart and just stop looking at it as did I have it or not? It was whatever I had, what was I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. So basically you would have gone from having a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset a lot earlier on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so important. Mindset is everything really. I mean, it's how you look at things. Like you said, 
$5 could either be a tool or it could be something to go spend on something else. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So Diller, what's next for you? What are your long-term goals and what's your vision for real estate investing for yourself? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Next up is paying down everything that we purchased over the past two years, um, sort of creating a little bit stronger foundation with what we do have. Um Going back, we're going to move a bunch of our properties into a series LLC and create create a stronger foundation, really, tax-wise. Um, like I said, I have a kid now, so figuring out trust. Um, instead of like continuously adding on and making this to where it becomes a real, just like a mess of puzzle, a massive puzzle that we have to figure out, I think we're at a great point right now to go back and figure it all out and make sure it's like bulletproof. Um, so tax strategies entities and then paying down some of the mortgages that we have. That's what I'm going to focus on right now for 2023. And then okay. growing my real estate team. Um, I'm going to focus on agent count on that side of the business. Cool. How many agents do you have on the team right now? Uh, six. Six. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Right. And we're spread out across. So we don't have all of us are not located in Austin. I did a little differently with hiring someone in San Marcos, someone in New Braunfels, someone in Wimberley. Mm-hmm. downtown and then i've got one out in hutto so we can do a better job of covering central texas versus like all trying to you know sell in downtown mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's cool you got the, the coverage there with that that big of an area that's a huge area too all right um do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend diller Typically, it's the one that no one else is uh, posting about because I feel like we fall into, well, everyone else is reading that. So let's just go read it. So try to ask at the time stuff that, you know, is very specific to me. But um, I just finished Lifestyle Investor, Mm. which that one was really great. Great Um, And I feel like Set for Life is a really good one to sort of like bring it all home and to just get down to the basics of money. Mm -hmm. Um, I like for all of my new agents to read that, you know, it it talks about how much your money, how much money you're saving just by driving to work or not, you know, or living, trying to save a hundred dollars living outside of the city because rent's a little bit lower, but then you've got to drive back and forth to work every day. Um, those are just some like really basic principles that I think are good to, to be refreshed on. Um, and I'm really enjoying lifestyle investor right now. That's an amazing book. Justin Donald's a really smart guy. Yeah, so I got to take the class on the book with him teaching it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great book for anybody who hasn't checked it out. It's a fun read. It's fairly quick. Um, and it's just a great book. Um, Diller, what's what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, to reach out to you, or follow you? Yeah, so luckily, I don't know that there's many Dillers out there. So you can typically <laughs> just Google Diller in Austin, Texas. And so it's really... Um, easy to find me through Facebook or Instagram. That's probably the best way or just go to our website, thedillergroup.com and it'll go right to me. Cool. And what is your Instagram handle too, Diller? It's Diller underscore ATX Realtor. Okay. I believe because you know, you can change them sometimes or we have one that's just the Diller Group underscore Texas. Okay. 
Yeah, I've cool. got to get better on remembering all of these social media handles. I'm an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, we'll absolutely have that in the show notes for everybody too. Yeah. All right, Diller. Most important question we ask here on the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. What is your favorite restaurant in Austin? You know, this whole time I've been like sweating, like he's going to ask me that and I don't know. Sorry. Um, I don't think anything new and unique. Like I just went to, I'm so sorry, Oteco or Oteca, the sushi restaurant on Congress. I think I'm butchering the name. Um, but they do like a 24 course tasting. That's amazing. Oh, wow. You have to make reservations. Like a and year they have in a advance? Whiskey. No, not, not that far. They also have, um, a little whiskey bar that's like right outside. Um, but I kind of think, you know, I can't say I've been to many restaurants twice or in oh, Austin, you know, yeah. like, um, I, I know I'm like literally like, oh God, he asked a question. I have to answer it. So sorry, but I think it's like anywhere that's new and anywhere that has really good whiskey. Okay, cool. And we'll put Oteca in the show notes too, just so everybody's got that to go see. I know. And I feel bad because I think I butchered it, but it's at the South Congress Hotel. It's a sushi place. It is so good. I was trying to look it up real quick, but you, okay. I think everybody should go experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those multi-course sushi meals are, are really interesting. It's not like the, the, what people are used to just getting a ton of sushi at once, but you get a little taste of amazing sushi. It's always a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, stuff you're not, you're not going to do it all the time, right? You know, it's not like your favorite enchiladas that you go and you just eat those every single time. It's like, this is an experience. Yeah. It's a great experience. That kind of stuff. I've not done Oteco. I'll have to try it out but I've done other sushi courses like that. Awesome. So everybody follow Diller on Instagram at Diller underscore ATX Realtor. And we'll make sure to have that in the show notes. Also make sure to follow me on Instagram at Jordan underscore Moorhead. And of course you can find Diller at the Diller Group Texas on Instagram, or you can find us at the Moorhead team also on Instagram. Diller, it's been great having you on here. I really enjoyed getting to have this conversation. Although we work probably a couple hundred feet away from each other, <laughs> I think this is the longest conversation we've ever had. We're going to have it to change is. that. Yeah, we even did a deal together and talked more. Yeah, yeah. Here. All oh, right, cool. well, I look forward to it. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And of course, I'll see you around the office here. All right, thank you.